We just got back from standing outside the Supreme Court surrounded by pro-abortion and anti-abortion protesters, and now we're debriefing. Join us. We are Created Equal, and we're inviting you to debrief with us. Hey, y'all. I'm Lexi. Hey, everyone. It's Seth again. And today we are discussing something that is a big moment. Everyone is talking about, Lexi, the Dobbs versus Jackson case, right, in, this, in front of the Supreme Court. That's super important. And you were there along with our guest outside the Supreme Court. But today we're debriefing not what happened inside the court, but outside on the streets. And joining us today, we have Maya. She works in our programs department here at Created Equal. She's actually one of our gap year interns. So she's been with us for a few months now um, and will continue to be with us for a while. And she has a pet pig. That's a important to share right that's very important to share everybody loves the pig here stanley's great um so thank you so much maya for coming on thank you for having me (laughs) she hates talking about stanley that's why it's so funny Stanley's cute. So yeah, we were just got back yesterday. We were in D.C. We went in front of the Supreme Court while the Oreo, oral art Oreo. <laughs> you brought Oreos back, I heard. <laughs> yeah, we did bring Oreos back. Um, oral oral arguments. arguments for the Dobbs versus Jackson's case. So how was your experience there yesterday, Maya? Well, I'm just briefly, sorry, anyone hit the show notes, we'll have links to the Dobbs case if you're not familiar with it. It's super important. Just know this case could overturn Roe v. Wade, but let's, yeah, let's yeah. jump into it. Well, I had never been to the Supreme Court yet for creating equal trip. I know some people have been to D.C. for um, the anti-abortion outreaches and things like that. So I didn't know exactly what to expect when I went. And there were tons of people there. We got there kind of early, but it just slowly filled up um tons of pro-life groups and pro-abortion groups showed up and it was quite chaotic at some points but you could tell this is a very um, uh, momentous moment in history i'd say i have a question for both of you because you but were both there i was watching our stories on instagram that lexi were posting and photos coming through in the group chat and i had heard there was going to be this massive pro-abortion people and there were pro-abortion people there because clearly you interacted with them right but what would you say numbers wise you saw from pro-choice pro-abortion pro-life people can you put a uh, guess on how many there were um i don't think like maybe ratio Okay, I do think for sure, and I'm not just saying this, but I think there were way more pro-life people than pro-abortion people, especially because in walked like a thousand, it seemed like, or at least a couple hundred students from Liberty University, Mm -hmm. and that just like filled (laughs) um, the whole spot. But I mean, it was already packed. There was already more pro-life people compared to the pro-abortion people before they even showed up. So I'm so bad with numbers. So... So there's more that you're saying more pro-life people. Yes. And that's, that was kind of a yes. cool point and surprising mm-hmm. to me. I'm, I shouldn't be surprised, but I had, uh, from what I'd heard was going to happen, I was a little surprised pleasantly. Now, my question for you also, because you were both there, is so what was happening, though? Like, so you have the oral arguments inside. You have the um, the Mississippi defending their law. You have the um, the group representing the abortion facility trying to fight the, the law. And you also representing President Biden's government fighting the law, all that happening mm-hmm. on the streets. What's going on? What are these groups doing outside? Well, there were several groups. Um, so they kind of divided up the pro-choice and pro-life mm-hmm. people with like a barricade. So on one side, they had the speakers for the pro-choice um, side. So I think they, I don't know exactly who the speakers were. I wasn't really paying attention to the speakers um, over there. But, and then on the other side, speakers for pro, the pro-life side. So I heard some people from Live Action and other organizations um, talking. And also just um, um, like in the crowds there were other groups um chanting their own things saying their own things so it was really just yeah 
kind of like a free for all yeah. honestly like nobody <laughs> it wasn't very organized at, like on either side like there it was organized speakers and stuff mm -hmm. but then it was I guess just because there were so many people it's not like everybody was doing the same thing all at once so um everybody was kind of off you know doing their own little chants mm -hmm. on little rallies yeah. within their big big yeah. rally okay so, so, and I understand you have maybe a clip you could share from that kind of showing the scene of what yeah. you guys were watching yeah, um, I think we should maybe play that right now, and then we can kind of tell you a little bit more of how. Yeah, like it I'd love to know like where up. you guys were standing, how yeah. that was working. Yeah. Okay, so Lexi, what am I hearing right now? So right now, you're probably hearing some street preaching going on. Um, there was quite a few street preachers there. You were probably hearing some music too. That was from the pro life side. They were playing some music, um, and then also hearing some chants from other groups. You're what is that? Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted everybody to hear it. That is a great song. Okay, that's a great song written by Turf. How, what's okay. Turf stand for? All right, again? so Turf, I, I, I believe, is trans exclusionary radical feminist, yes. right? So I don't know a lot about them. I know very little, but they were their song. I think the lyrics were Lexi. I just heard, "Woman isn't a state of mind. Woman isn't a feeling." Is that right? You'd be correct. And I was standing right next to them while they were cheering it, and so I these think turfs, it's very catchy. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, I agree with you because it's <laughs> it's in my head now too. All right, so but the turfs is that okay yes. to use that word? That's not like um, no. They were calling themselves okay. turfs. So they. They are part of the pro-abortion side, correct? Yes. Because I know this confusion of what feminist means, but this these are radical pro-abortion feminists. Yes. All right. So, what's what, why, what were they chanting? So they basically are for abortion rights. They're for everything you would think of a radical feminist supporting. Um, however, they um, don't include transgender people in their group. So they would say women's rights are just for women and that trans is not a thing I which makes sense of the woman is a state of mind so they're reacting yeah. to this whole idea that you can just choose to be a woman saying that they're clearly pro-abortion but they're saying being a woman is you can't just choose to be that so um they are aligned with the pro-abortion side generally but not pleased this shows some fracturing i think in the yeah. pro-choice side of those embracing the transgender movement and those who are not. That's very interesting for a lot of our listeners who for years have heard this is a woman's rights issue. Now you have the turf saying it still is a woman's right, and you have the rest of the pro-abortion movement saying, no, it's a pregnant person rights yeah. issue, which doesn't quite flow the same. Yeah. That's interesting. So what else were you seeing there? I don't I So we were kind of standing. We started setting up whenever we first got there. We got there at 7 o'clock in the morning uh -huh. uh, before most people were there, okay. and we – uh, set up our signs on the opposite side of the Supreme Court on that sidewalk and completely lined that whole entire sidewalk with um, the photos of abortion victims. And so that was awesome. There were like 40 signs. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. It was lining the entire way for, mm -hmm. so we were covering all the pro-choice side and all the pro-life side. Mm -hmm. And so what do you think? I I was standing there right next to you whenever we were playing that clip. Mm -hmm. um, what were your thoughts kind of listening to all of this going on? I think even just standing there in the moment, I had a hard time processing everything that was happening. Just so many people walking through different groups. And I, I it was a very good people watching um, time to people yeah. watch, which I like to do sometimes. But um, it was just very chaotic, like I said, and 
people trying to like a lot of media there too. A lot of people trying to get pause. photos, interviews, videos, things like that. Okay. So pause right there. So, um, someone listening, you guys were there with your line of the signs. I saw the picture, which you can hit our Instagram, actually credit equals Instagram. We'll put that in the show notes too, where you can see photos of what you guys were doing. But you said you were there with the signs, um, facing pro-life and pro-choice. What was your purpose in doing that? Well, we were there to represent the victims of abortion. I think that that's very important. We definitely saw signs that other people made, you know, talking about the preborn and talking about overturning Roe versus Wade. But mm-hmm. we thought it was very necessary to not only just talk about the preborn, but also show them, show mm-hmm. best evidence we have against abortion and represent them in the best way we can. So mm-hmm. we had our normal A-frame signs that we were all holding, um, just lining the streets. And there were so many people pro-life um, who were taking photos of our mm-hmm. signs and were just so shocked by seeing that. Yeah, yeah, I saw, actually, it was encouraging. I saw a mom with her young, like a, her 10-year-old son or something showing her, saying, this is what this is what abortion looks mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. saying this is, I think it was a 15-week or something like that. And just seeing her trying to explain it to him and people just... Um, really encouraged by us out there even. Um, no, that's, a lot of people were, yeah. That's fantastic. I think also, your Maya, your point about there being media there is super important because these are touchstones where our culture kind of focuses for a brief moment, at least on abortion. So while they're doing that, it's essential they have an informed view of it. So the media having having our signs there in the background or the foreground, that's super important mm-hmm. for people who are watching, listening to the stories who normally wouldn't care about abortion. But right now it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So it's important that we be there. For sure. And I think that there are a lot of people who were even, like I said, how Liberty University brought students. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of those students because they were all wearing Liberty University yeah. jackets. They were so shocked by seeing the victims mm. of abortion. And, you know, there are probably quite a few of them who are not even pro-life. Just like when we go to the March for Life, how we always get emails after that saying how we changed their minds or that oh. the photos changed yep. their minds. So... I was so grateful that we could at least show that to even the people who came for the pro-life side, for sure. Also for the people who are pro-choice um, and who are coming there just for that. But um, it's really important for everybody to see those. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and so we were standing on the other sidewalk, but then we went into the crowd. So <laughs> oh, this is where it gets fun. <laughs> the police actually weren't. So we did have a barricade separating the pro-choice from pro-life side, but the street preachers were the entire time in the pro-choice crowd. Mm -hmm. So they weren't like super picky as in like, oh, you have to be on your side. So um, what we did was we had about like 10 of us. We had 22 of us in total um, going. From just Create Equal. Just from Create Equal. But about 10 of us went into the pro-choice crowd to start having conversations with people. You've been chosen. You must go. Yes. So (laughs) Maya was one of them. Um, So I kind of want to hear your experience going into the crowd. Yeah, it... It actually wasn't as crazy as you would think it would be. Um, Hang on, what what did you feel walking into? Were you nervous? Walking in, yeah, I was like, oh, I I wonder how this is going to go. We're walking into the crowd of pro-abortion I wish I were just home with Stanley right now. Uh, No, maybe not to that. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, so we walked in and I wasn't, I didn't actually know what to expect really. I was expecting it to be kind of crazy. I was kind of nervous at first, maybe a little, but um, we went in and it wasn't as crazy as I thought it was going to be. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. And I think you got to have actually some good conversations with people, which is really nice. Yeah, I did. 
So I think let's go with that clip right now. And, and who, who are we going to hear in this clip? It's not just oh, you, yeah, right, right Maya? So there's um, another girl who was a summer intern with us, Jane. She um, was also standing next to me kind of helping in this conversation I was having with this um, woman. Yeah, and if you saw or listened to our podcast from New York City, she was the one that was talking in that podcast. So um, definitely check that one out if you haven't already. So can yeah. you recap, Maya? Because the audio was a little hard. I could track mm -hmm. with most of it. So what was going on? Can you kind of recap the conversation? So she was very respectful when she came up to me. She At first, I was holding my sign. She put her little um, uh, sign in front of mine, and it mm -hmm. said I had an abortion on it, on mm -hmm. the sign she was holding. So she came up to me and asked me how old I was and um, a few questions about that. And then she was um, saying, well, you know, in college, I had, to, I had an abortion, and... She was telling, like you just heard, she was saying that um, for her it was right and mm -hmm. there, and that she it was necessary for her and that if she would have had a baby, it seems like she thinks it would have um, ruined, you know, her her education. She was in school at the time and mm -hmm. the the man she was with, she had told me later, um, wasn't going to really do anything for her or for that baby. So she was just kind of like, well, I needed to do this for me in the moment. Yeah, and so kind of, the rest of the conversation, how did that go? You shared a little bit. But. Yeah, so it, the conversation lasted for like 15 minutes and we got into a lot of things. We touched on, you know, moral relativism. We talked about, we were, we were able to get into the gospel with her because um, she did nice. say um, she had an abortion. So it's always important with everyone, I mean, we talk to. But I think especially when we're talking to someone who's mm -hmm. post-abortive to share that hope of the gospel that they can be forgiven. And um, just talking about um, what she thought the preborn were, I was able to ask her, do you think these are human beings? Like, what do you think they are? And yeah, things like that. So I think, let's just take a step back, Maya. There's a lot of good stuff there. But so <clears throat> you walked in the middle of this crowd of the pro-abortion side, which is kind of our critical style, right? So yeah. the pro-life side, we're, we're glad they're there. We're pro-life too, of course. But we're there to try to change minds and have real, and even if your goal was maybe, even if you kind of knew you might not change this person's mind in the moment, you want to at least engage with her and plant mm -hmm. some thoughts, some ideas, right? So you walk in there in the middle of this chaos. I mean, I think most people would assume, okay, effective conversation is not possible. Yeah. So um, I'm just encouraged that you were able to have effective conversation. Mm -hmm. Were you surprised by that? Yeah, uh, I would. I figured uh, maybe a lot of people would just ignore me when I um, tried to talk to them, um, let alone someone walk up to me and begin talking to me. So, yeah, it was surprising that she was willing to have that respectful conversation and not just kind of shrug me off. And yeah. then you add on top of it, it's someone who had an abortion, mm -hmm. who had an illegal abortion. Yeah. Okay, now, my, I assume you've talked to many women before who've had abortions. Um, was this similar or different in any way? Um, I'm, I guess a lot of women who I've talked to maybe who had abortions were more, they're younger women and maybe have had them more recently. And, and this lady said she, this was her abortion was 50 years ago mm -hmm. and she's still um, like proud of it. So 
I think the people I talk, I have talked to have um, not had their abortion um, so long ago. It was more recent. Yeah. Well, what I thought was interesting was how she started off the conversation with you or, or at least the clip that we were hearing from. And she was pretty open about how she just thought this baby would like, she couldn't, she almost couldn't even imagine having this child. Mm. Like, how dare you think that I should even have to keep this baby? Mm -hmm. Um, She recognized that it was a baby. She recognized the responsibilities that um, she would have had if she chose to let her child live. But she was just like, oh, why would I ever do that, basically? So I think that kind of gets to the root of it. Yeah, I think that's interesting, Lexi. It kind of brings us back almost briefly to the turf conversation, this like splintering now among the feminists. You have the turf feminists and you have the um, more mainstream feminists um, on the pro-abortion side too who um, have different ideas of transgenderism and things like that. But this woman, you can already see this woman, I don't know her name. Do you know her name? No, Maya? I didn't. Get her name. Well, this one, this um, lady you were speaking with, you can already see the, the seeds of feminism planted in her, right? Mm-hmm. And not this idea of humankind, men, women being made equal, but this very destructive idea that women need to um, kill their children to become equal to men. A terrible idea, which has been in root for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. So this fraction we see today with feminism has been coming a long time coming. And that's, I think, very interesting. And it has changed her life, though, because clearly for 50 years, mm-hmm. her life has been somewhat defined by her abortion, right? Yeah. She's not having an abortion now. She by her own admission, is no longer needing to access it for herself, but she's still fighting for it to be legal, right? This has affected her life deeply. Mm-hmm. I think that was really clear in how, like, her attitude towards abortion, her even um, choosing to spend her day going to an abortion rally and everything like that. But what I found to be interesting was whenever she was talking to you and Jane, mm-hmm. and she was saying, like, she didn't want to have to deal with the mistake, like, oops, I just made a mistake. Like, it was mm-hmm. something that just... Oh, a little tiny thing that she fell into that she shouldn't have to deal with the consequences. But it's like everything else in life or a lot of things in life, we recognize that our actions have consequences and we can't harm others because um, of the consequences to our actions but we have to rather deal with those things but um you kind of said that you talked to her a little bit about value and moral relativism Mm -hmm. so kind of explain how that conversation went well i i asked her do you think human beings have value and she kind of responded like i don't know or something and so i i went into that's how a good way to get into the gospel in my opinion saying Mm -hmm. well does does your value come from other people saying you have value does it come from you saying that you have value and i was like suicidal people think that they don't have value but they still do and if i told jane she doesn't have value she still does so obviously it has to come from something or someone outside of us so i got into how human beings are made into in the image of god and they have value she said she's not a christian but i said well I guess I just got more into it there and still tried to share the gospel with her, even though she said she didn't believe that, I guess. Uh, Well, I think that's the important point, Maya. Um, You were kind of doing a couple of things there. It seems like, number one, you were showing her that at the heart of this debate is a question of human value and equality, and that's clearly the case, right? She may try to kind of take a neutral position, say she's not religious, not taking a position. She's taking a clear position on human value, Mm -hmm. saying only humans like her are valuable. Only those old enough to be born, those are the ones that matter. That is no less um, controversial of a position to take. It's also no less of a religious position to take because any view on human value involves philosophy and religion. So she's not somehow non-religious. She just holds a very different religion from you. But secondly, I think that what you did was important because we know that even in the midst of this cultural chaos, effective conversation is possible. And even in the midst of the chaos, it's important to still have the truth clearly shared in a loving way. 
And then I think it was important with maybe some distinctives you might have seen with others that day who might not have been sharing the truth lovingly. Mm-hmm. You were able to have a loving conversation with this person. Mm-hmm. And she may not have bent her knee at the cross um, right. and confessed her sins that day, but who knows where that could lead. Right, yeah. And when we meet people who've had abortions, that's what we want to share with them, right? Mm-hmm. Because even if they don't accept it that day, we know that they're carrying a heavy burden and will until they release it to God. Right, and it in the Bible is very clear that um, you know we aren't the ones who change people's minds. We are to share the truth, and then God, you know, uses what we say and do to work in people's hearts and to ultimately draw them to Himself. Also, on the relativism, just want to um, one more note. Um, hit the show notes. We'll link back to one of our previous episodes where we talked about moral relativism in quite in detail. But um, it, it just falls apart as an idea, right? I mean, yeah. the whole idea that everyone can decide for themselves what is right and wrong. Clearly, even this person that you talk to, this woman doesn't hold that view because she believes abortion should be legal, that it is wrong for us to try to make illegal. Everyone believes there's moral right and wrong. Mm-hmm. We just have different views of what those morals are. Yeah, and I think to get back to the root of what she was saying and everything she believes and everything that the pro-abortion people stand on is selfishness, that the whole reason they are advocating for the right to kill their preborn children children um, or for others to kill the preborn children is because they have selfish motives. They don't want to have to deal with having the child. They want to have the education they want to have, um, how they want to have it, when they want to have it. Um, they want to have the career that they want to have. The list goes on and on. They want to keep the boyfriend that they're with. They don't want to have to, you know, deal with even just being pregnant for nine months and then placing their child for adoption um, in a loving family. So um, I think that just really is at the root of it. But We were there yesterday for a very important reason. We needed to represent and show the victims of abortion in front of the Supreme Court that day. Um, And kind of going back to Roe versus Wade being overturned or the possibility of it being overturned, our mission stays the same because we need to continue to change the culture's perspective of abortion. We recognize even yesterday seeing the two contrasting sides, pro-choice versus pro-life, There are a lot of people that still need to change their minds on abortion. There's a lot of change that needs to happen, even if Roe versus Wade is overturned. So um, we just have to keep going and keep remembering that we need to be talking to individuals because that's really where the change happens. That's excellent points, Lexi. Uh, I think you're exactly right about at the core of this. No, it's important to talk about all the intellectual arguments and how to respond. But at the heart of this, there is selfish motivation. Mm-hmm. She was saying, on my time, I wanted a baby when I wanted to have a baby mm-hmm. and not when not on the baby's time, right? So yeah. no one's going to change my plan for my life. I am the God, essentially, at the center right. of the universe, right? But secondly, you're exactly right. And we were discussing while you guys were on the streets, the few of us in the office yesterday, like what happens if Roe v. Wade is overturned? And we decided, as we've already discussed, you know, not a lot changes. Yes, there are. there's good change in certain ways and maybe some strategizing we can do. But really, at the heart of it, what happens inside the court is super important. But what happens outside the court on the streets is equally important. And our job is moving the cultural needle, changing people's hearts and minds. And that has to continue regardless of what the court decides next June when they give the decision. Exactly. So thank you, Maya, for, you know, going into the big crowd of pro-abortion oh, yeah. people. Um, like Seth said, if you want to see those fit photos you definitely can go check those out on create equals instagram the link will be in the show notes but um yeah you're really good at talking to people and even jane you know jane everybody come out come for back our, jane. yeah come back jane please if you're <laughs> listening to this come back. um but definitely check out our summer internship because jane you know was just with us for two months and she was able to go in a huge crowd of pro-abortion protesters and have 
respectful dialogue with them. So True. And if you are listening and want to do that, yeah, come join us. Um, hit the show notes for an internship justice ride. We want to make more people able to do what Maya did and what Jane did yesterday. But for everyone, whether or not you come on a justice ride or um, become an intern someday, there's something you can do right now, and that is please leave us a five-star <laughs> review yes. if you're listening to this. Um, we would love to have your comments. Also, um, send us some uh Message us on Instagram, connect with us. We'd love to hear what you're thinking and even other topics you want us to cover in our debriefing. So please do that. Subscribe, leave a review, find us on social media, go to createdequal.org. But thank you for joining us, Maya and our listeners. We are Created Equal, and this has been The Debrief. <laughs>